I think I've told you um, this before, uh, but God loves you, like a lot. And in his love for you, he wants to provide for you in many different ways. One of the ways he provides for you is he gives you a church. When I say church, I don't just mean Our Lady Perpetual Help Parish or this building, but we mean the, the church that we belong to, uh, thank God. Life would be kind of a confusing thing if you had to figure it all out on your own. So we need a church to lead us and guide us, to teach us. Uh, otherwise, we would just be really adrift. Sometimes the church is called a mother and a teacher. So she mothers us. The church is a she, if you didn't know. Congratulations, it's a girl. Uh, she mothers us and teaches us. And she's a good mom who wants good things for us. One of the good things that the church wants to give us every year is a season of Advent. Every season is a particular gift for us, and through each season, God wants to give us something through the church. There's beautiful gifts awaiting for us in the season of Advent. Um, so there's something about Advent that's really important for us. It's important for our minds and for our hearts. And so like a good mom, uh, she gives us this time to nurture us and to take care of us. What is the season of Advent about? Um... Primarily, it's not about a countdown to Christmas, although it kind of feels like that, right? Even the candles kind of make it feel like, all right, one candle, two candles, three candles, four candles, Christmas. Uh, and we are moving towards Christmas, and that is part of Advent. But in a broader sense, all of Advent, all of it is about preparing and opening ourselves to the arrival of Christ. So the last part of Advent, from December 17th until December 25th, we specifically prepare for the Feast of Christmas, remembering and in some ways experiencing again when Jesus came 2,000 years ago at Bethlehem as a baby. This first part of Advent, we focus on the coming of Jesus at the end of time, what we call the second coming. So the readings, as you noticed, we sing O Como Come Emmanuel, feels Christmassy. You hear these readings and you're like, that doesn't seem Christmassy, right? You're like, What's, these are bad. These don't seem like... Like, where's the shepherds, and is Mary pregnant? Like, where, what's going on? No, so this first part, we're, we're preparing for the advent of Jesus at the end of time, which, frankly, in some ways, that's the one that's important to us, or the one that we need to prepare for. Christmas is over. Like, it already happened. Now, we can still encounter it and experience the graces of it, but that happened 2,000 years ago. But the next coming of Jesus is coming. What day, you ask? Well, we don't know. But what the gospel and, and the readings do want to say is, hey, wake up if you need to. Like, hey, something's going on. You, you need to pay attention to this. The meaning of everything is love. The meaning of everything is God. The meaning of everything is beauty and truth and goodness. We came from God in the beginning. God creates you even now. He holds you in existence. So you come from God. And what is your destiny? Your destiny is union with God in the end. We come from God and we're headed towards God. But there is a way in which, in this intermediary time, we can forget about that. Amen? I forget about it all the time. And then I get focused on me and my projects, and I kind of start to go astray. And I can forget, oh yeah, yeah, my life, the meaning of my life, is to know God, to serve him in this life, and to be happy with him forever. Like, that's the meaning of life. That's the meaning of existence. If you've been looking for it somewhere else, like, that's it. And so we're being called back to this point, to the meaning of your life and to the dignity of your life. Because you're made for God. You're made for union with him. See, if we forget about that, we wander off 
we tend to close ourselves off to him and to his plan. And we say, no, this is what I'm going to do. I've got my plans and I want to be in control and I'm doing my thing. And if that's how we uh, approach life, if, if that's our disposition, then when he shows up, it's going to be a bad day. It will not be a day of rejoicing. We're not going to like it. But what if it doesn't have to be that way? What if we let our hearts yeah, hear this news that infinite love is waiting for you? That you're made for infinity. You're made for infinite beauty. You're made for goodness. What if God himself, hear me out, what if God himself wants to give himself completely to you? What if you're made for him and he's, he's longing for union with you? What if every experience that we experience of love, of friendship, of communion, of relationship, um, even of romance, of marriage, what if all of those point beyond themselves to what we're truly made for, which is infinite love? And what if infinite love has a name and a face and his name is Jesus? And he's in love with you. And he wants to give himself totally to you. When we think about the coming of the Son of Man, the coming of Jesus at the end of time, the second coming, uh, we know that he's coming to judge all things, to make all things new, to make all things pure. We know that heaven and earth will come together. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. But I think sometimes we forget, why does Jesus come? Why is he coming at the end of time? He's coming to give himself to you. Infinite love, God himself, wants to give himself to you and give you everything he has. The experience of his coming depends upon how we live just the normal stuff of life. So just the mundane, the normal, the day in, the day out, the way you treat your family, the way you do work, the things you think about through the day, the way you spend your time, that's the place where we prepare for his coming. Because Jesus isn't just coming at the end of time. When else is he coming? Always. In your life, please hear me on this one. This is very important. At every moment, Jesus is coming towards you and wants to give himself to you all the time. We know that at every Mass, Jesus gives his body, blood, soul, and divinity to you in the Eucharist. That's just crazy. So Jesus' heart is towards you all the time, and he's aching to give himself to you all the time. He's always thinking about you. He's always towards you, and there's a real way in which he's always moving towards you. That's why St. Paul says in the second reading, what does he say? He says, brothers and sisters, hey, you know the time. It's the hour to, to wake from your sleep. So he's saying, wake up, wake up. Because why? Salvation, our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Salvation, it's coming. It's closer. The minutes between now, Saturday evening, whatever time it is, 5.23 p.m., right now, there are 23 fewer minutes until Jesus comes than when Mass started. Like, this is real. He's approaching. And again, in us, it's interesting, because he could be like, 23 minutes left, and we could be like, Ooh, right? Not left, less, excuse me, less. 23 minutes, I don't know, I don't know. We don't know when, when he's coming. Uh, but we could be like, hey, 20 minutes less, and we could be like, uh, he's closer. But again, what if he's just coming to love you and to give you all of himself and to receive you as a gift? Then it's like, okay, yeah, like, speed it up. Like, I want you to come today. The difference between these people that are experiencing the Lord's coming 
Two will be doing the same thing. Two men. They were both in a field. They're doing the same thing, but they're going to have very different experiences on that day because of why? Because of whether they've prepared for his coming every day of their life or not. Whether they've already been anticipating it and longing for it. First reading as a beautiful, not the first reading, the opening prayer as a beautiful sentiment. We're praying to God today, for you and for me, that we would run out, rush out to meet Christ when he comes. Isn't that great? That we wouldn't be afraid of him. That you wouldn't have to be scared. Know that when you hear he's coming, you would rush towards him. That you would run out to him, he says, with, with righteous deeds. Now this doesn't mean like you need to do a bunch of good deeds and then maybe Jesus will love you. No, no, no. But we rush forward like, like a proud kid who's like, when their parents come back from something, they're like, look what I did. You know? Like I, I made you something. I remember my dad would go on trips. When he would come back, I just like want to show him stuff around the house. Like he hadn't been gone that long. I didn't have new stuff sometimes. It's just like, hey, Here's my truck. He's like, yeah, I know your truck, you know, weird kid. Um, but there's this way in which you want to, like, show him stuff, you know? Your kids go to school and they come home and they're like, look, I drew something. So the prayer is that we would rush forward to meet Jesus when he comes, that we would have righteous deeds. We'd be like, look what I did for you and with you because he's here, he's now. And then we would be gathered to his right hand and made worthy to receive his kingdom. I don't know why that's a beautiful image. So what does the church want for you? Not that you have to be afraid. No, that you would so long for Jesus' coming that on the day he comes, you're going to rush towards him. You're going to get to show him the little things you did. They don't have to be huge. He's got the heart of, of a lover, so it can be very small, and he sees that as beautiful. And that he would gather you to his arm, gather you to his side, and then give you the kingdom. That would be nice. Amen? Today, today, Jesus is coming towards you with all the love he's going to have on that day. He has it now for you. Infinite love. And his heart is crying out to you, asking that you would let him come close to you today. And he doesn't want to hurt you. He doesn't want to take something away. Now, he wants to be very gentle, but he wants to draw near so that more and more your life and his life would just be one thing. You would just do everything together. That he would surround you with his love, that you'd never have to do anything alone. That you would know in every moment that you're just good and you're loved. He wants that right now to draw close to you, to gather you to his side and to step with him into the kingdom. Why do you want to be in the kingdom? Because in the kingdom there's a father. And that father wants to be your father. And he is. He already is. But he wants that to be really real. Like really, really real. And there's a way in which now in these days God is hidden. And we receive Jesus in the Eucharist. That's him. We can see it. But it's like, yeah, but I want to see his face, you know. But the goal is that we would so fall in love with the hidden God now that we would ache to see him. Like the saints want to see God face to face to see his beauty. To look at him. So Advent is this season where with Mary, who longed for the coming of the Son of God, that our hearts will be filled with a longing like, God, I want to see you. I want to touch you. I want to hold you. I want you to surround me. Like, I want to know. I want to know to the deepest core of my bones. I want to know you. Like, please. Gosh, and his heart just bursts when that happens, when you long for him. 
because he wants the same thing and even more. He's just aching to come close. So wake up. Yeah, wake up. You're part of a beautiful drama. An incredible thing is happening. And it's about you. If it's not about you, it's not about me or anyone else, let's shut it down and go home. But it's about you. God is coming for you to give himself to you. Yes, let's be ready to receive him, to rush out with joy. Because he wants to come really, really close today, tomorrow, and then one day he's going to come definitively and he'll never leave. Never, ever. I'll give you a moment to pray. I'd like you to say some simple words that in some ways I just, there's a desire in me that the whole church would take up these words and just continually praise God and cry out to him with these words. They're very simple. We learned it from the early church who was deeply in love with God and it's just the words, come Lord Jesus. Please come. Gosh, what it does to God's heart when his church cries out for him to come, to come close, to come be with Come, Lord Jesus, please come. So in the silence of your heart, I'd like you to say those words to him and notice how they feel. Maybe they feel like, yes. Maybe they're like, ugh. That's okay. You can notice that. But if you would just say to him, come. Come, Lord Jesus.